very possibly in some sense, in some way, what I maybe would feel to minister tonight possibly would be maybe part one of maybe what I would preach this coming Sunday. I feel like the Lord has kind of just given me, uh, just speaking to me a little bit and uh, to speak to the church. And how many want to hear what thus saith the Lord? How many want to hear what the Spirit has to say? Amen. I, I want to I speak tonight on this subject, doing great exploits. Amen. Doing great exploits. Find about two or three people and say, we, we need to, it's time for us to start doing great exploits. Love you, Lord. God bless you. you. May be seated. <coughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 10 finds the man of God by the name of Daniel fasting, finds him in really great mourning over what has happened to God's people. And the Bible says, Daniel records that he is. He's sitting by the river in this great morning. It was then that he, kind of get the picture now, he's just kind of camped out on the bank of this river. He's fasting, he's mourning, he's crying, he's woeful and sad. And all of a sudden he kind of maybe hears a, a rock that has been kicked and he looks up and, and he sees this angel of the Lord coming towards him. Now, Daniel is with some other folks. He's with some other men. But as this angel of the Lord comes to where he is, the Bible specifically tells us that Daniel is the only one that can see the angel. The men that were with him could not see the angel, but they could feel something powerful in the atmosphere. To the point it was so uh, powerful. It was, it was so uh, just heavy in the sense of uh, spiritual things that, that they couldn't see anything, but they, they literally ran away in fear because of what they felt in that moment. So we get to verse 8 of Daniel chapter 10, and we read this, Daniel chapter 10, verse 8, Therefore I was left alone, he says, all these guys, they left me, they ran away, and I saw this great vision. So he said, I'm there by myself. And all of a sudden, he says, I, I begin to see this great vision. And there, there remained no strength in me after the seeing of this vision. There remained no strength in me. For my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. And so Daniel's men have all ran away and left him in fear. He was by himself. While he's there, the Lord begins to reveal to Daniel a vision. Stay with me now. And the vision was so intense that Daniel says that when it was done with, that when he saw it, that it literally stripped him of every bit of strength in his physical body. For as you begin to read the next few verses, you begin to see that the vision that he had was somewhat of a play-by-play, uh, -play, if you will, for what was going to happen in the nation in the next years to come. The Lord began to literally show him different rulers that would reign and how it was all going to look and how it was all going to play out in the land. And as 
Daniel begins to witness this vision of the future of the nation. We very quickly find as he begins to recount what he sees in this vision, we very quickly find that there was going to be some very tumultuous times headed their way. They weren't quite there yet, but they were headed there, and Daniel sees this, and the the Lord shows him this vision of what's going to happen in the nation, and as you begin to read, you find there's going to be some dark days that were ahead of them. Oh, hallelujah. For as the vision moves from chapter 10 and it moves into chapter 11, Daniel sees that there would be a time when the nation would be overthrown by another nation. Another kingdom would come in and overthrow the nation and this other nation would have a different philosophy of governing. Then that nation would rule for a little while and then that nation would be split into many different fragments with different individuals leading those different fragmented land areas and pushing for their own control and pushing for their own power and trying to reign and over all the other ones. And so there's this battle going on between all of these fragmented nations of that day. And then it speaks, these are all the things that he's seeing in this vision as this nation begins to progress. And then it speaks of leaders and nations that begin to talk peace and they want to have peace and peace among the nations and peace among the rulers. And and they try to come together in peace, only they can't get peace in the nation. And peace begins to dissolve and division once again reigns supreme in the nation. And then another ruler he sees would rise up and this ruler would begin to promote idolatry and this ruler would begin to promote a a, a godlessness like never before in this nation. And it goes on to speak of a ruler that would arise later that that would raise taxes. The Bible says this. It says it would raise taxes on all the land, but within a short time, that leader was going to die. And how in this and then, then, then this place, in this, there, there's going to be another ruler who, whom the, that's going to raise up that the people didn't really want at all. They didn't want him to be their ruler, but this, this individual would take control of the land through trickery, and he would take control of the land through scheming, and he would take control of the land and, and uh, set himself up as ruler over the land through false ways and false means. Didn't get there by the proper path, but got there through dishonesty and deceitfulness. On and on and on, on and on you read in this vision that Daniel's having of, uh, of, of, of these great divisions in this nation and the great unrest that was going to happen. It spoke of a day where, stay with me now, spoke of a day when there would be great unruliness and division and discord and fighting. It spoke of a day when one faction of rulership would be fighting against another faction of rulership and it would be the people who would be suffering because of it. This eventually brings us to verse 11. It says in Daniel, or, or chapter 11, Daniel chapter 11 and verse 30, this particular part of the vision, this particular ruler that he now sees, it says, for the ships of Chittim shall come against him, therefore he shall be grieved and return. This particular leader says he's going to have indignation against the Holy Covenant. There's going to be great, this leader's going to have great indignation against the people of God. There's going to be great wrath and anger against the people of God, the holy people of God. 
so shall he do. He shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the holy covenant. Those that have forsaken the holy covenant, this ruler is going to get with them and talk with them and befriend them. Those that have left the things of God. Verse 31, an arm shall stand on his part and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength and shall take away the daily sacrifice and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. And so this is speaking of another ruler who would aggressively legislate against the church and aggressively legislate against the people of God. From when you began, and I don't understand all of this, Probably Brother Frank should be up here teaching some of this stuff. But when you begin studying this out, you'll find that this, this leader, this leader that we just talked about that, was, that had indignation against the people of God, he, he ends up sending, as historical writings, he sends 22,000 men against the city of Jerusalem, the city of God, the city of Jerusalem. And, and when they get there, they, they plundered the city and they set fire to the city and they pulled down the houses round about the city and they killed many of the people that lived in Jerusalem. Then he didn't want to stop there because he hated the people of God so much that it says that he appointed soldiers to, to station themselves at the temple gates. And anybody that would come to worship the Lord, they would be killed. Because of that, the temple, as you can imagine, and all of the worship ceases because nobody wants to go to the temple and be killed for doing so. And so the temple is abandoned and the people began to flee from the city because there's so much wrath against the people of God. Then that same ruler publishes a decree and, and, he, and he passes a law that, that everybody has to conform to the worship of the Greek gods. Instead of Jehovah God Almighty. He passes a law that says you can't worship Jehovah the way you used to worship Jehovah. you got to worship this other thing. In fact, he went so far as to have the very temple of God itself. And he consecrated this temple of the Lord. And he consecrated it to the Greek God Jupiter Olympus. Dark days were upon the land to be sure. Rulers who had not the fear of the Lord in their hearts were, were ruling, attempting to rule in the places of power. Kings who were contrary to the word of the Lord governed the lands. Great division was in the land. Great darkness was over all of the people. Great confusion was all around. I realize, yes, these were not the best of times. I also realize tonight that this description that I'm talking to you about from the book of Daniel could very well describe the days that we are currently living in. At least, for sure, days that we very possibly could be headed towards. But as I explain all of this from Daniel to us and describe all that, what I just spoke to you about, I did so in order to bring you to this specific point in the story. For right in the middle of all that mess and right in the middle of all that darkness and right in the middle of all that confusion, very descriptive terms that could very well describe what we are enduring today. The word of the Lord says this in the middle of it all. Daniel eleven twenty eight. 
32. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But ready? Here we go. But the people that do know their God shall be strong. And they're going to do great. Or they're going to do exploits. Oh, hallelujah. In the middle of a nation that was divided, God had a people that were strong and were going to do great exploits. In the middle of the darkest hour that the country had ever seen, God had a people that were going to do great things. In the middle of gross confusion, God had a people who were going to accomplish great things for the kingdom of God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hear me tonight. I don't know how this is all going to turn out. I don't know what our nation's going to look like tomorrow. I don't know what our nation's going to look like next week. I don't know what our nation's going to look like next month or next year. But here's one thing I do know. In the middle of whatever it looks like, God's going to have a church. I said in the middle of whatever it's going to look like, God's going to have a church. And Brother Ron, it's not just going to be any church. It's not just going to be a weak church. It's not just going to be some little superficial something or other. No, he's going to have a church. And it's going to be strong. And they're going to do great exploits on the earth. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the future is. But what I do know is this. The word of God is true. The word of God is not going to fail. And what God said is going to be is going to be. Irrespective of whatever happens with the vote, the word of God is going to be what the word of God is going to be. And in the middle of it all, there's going to be a strong church and they will do exploits for the kingdom of almighty God come on somebody praise him in the house come on if you believe your pastor right now I want somebody to praise him in the house hallelujah In the middle of pandemics, God's going to have a people who's going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In a world filled with darkness, God's going to have a people that can cast out devils and usher in the light of Jesus Christ into a dark world. There will be a church. It will be strong and it will do great exploits. God will have a people who see blind eyes open. God will have a people who see deaf ears unstopped and crippled limbs being healed. God will have a people who involve themselves in an end time harvest that this book has promised to us. God will have a church. He's going to have a church, Sister Vera. And it's going to be a strong church. And it's going to do great things. And it's going to accomplish great things for the kingdom of God. Ah. <coughs> oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I know darkness is around us. I know hell is working overtime. 
And don't, don't, don't read into this like this is some political message. It's not. I'm preaching the word of the Lord tonight. I know hell is working overtime, but I've come to remind the church that the book still says this, Matthew 16 and 18, and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hell can't stop the church. The enemy can't stop the church. Darkness can't stop the church. Pandemics can't stop the church. Political parties can't stop the church. Wicked laws can't stop the church. Evil things and threats cannot stop the church. There will be a church. It will be strong. And it will do great exploits on the earth. And I want to be a part of that church. I said I want this church to be a part of what God is doing in the end time. I want my hands in the harvest. I want to be involved in this great church. I want to be a part of this strong church. I want to do great exploits. Come on, is there anybody that would join with me right now? God, I want to be involved in it. I want my hands to be involved in it. I want you to use my life. Come on, somebody talk to him now. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I know some might have some concern. I know there might be a lot of just junk that's happening in our world. But don't be confused for one minute. It will not stop the church. I don't know why I'm going to make this next point. I just feel to make it. For you, for me, I don't know. But there is, and again, this isn't anything political, but I've, I've had people tell me and talk to me over the, the last few months and say, well, if certain individuals get into power, certain political parties, whatever, they're going to take away the tax-exempt status from the church. The church is part of the laws. The church is tax-exempt, and obviously that's a financial blessing to the church. Individuals kind of, you know, wringing their hands and fear a little bit about the fact that if maybe certain individuals get into, into power that the tax-exempt status is going to be taken from the church. Now, obviously, I don't want that to happen. And the church is going to do everything within its power to fight that if anybody would ever try to take that away from the church. But we need to keep in mind something. And this is just one particular instance of what I'm trying to talk about and remind us of as a church. Tax-exempt status for the churches in America didn't officially come about until 1894. And the church was around a lot longer than 1894. And the church was doing great exploits long before 1894. And the church was witnessing a harvest of souls long before 1894. 
So yes, there's going to be some things possibly that may look different in our future. And yes, there might be some changes that we don't like and that we're not in favor of. But we cannot retreat into some kind of defeatist mentality. I'm going to say that again. I said we cannot retreat into some kind of defeatist mentality. Just because your particular political persuasion didn't get into office doesn't mean that the church has been stopped. Uh, Laws may not go our way. Elections may or may not go our way. Our nation's culture, we might talk about more about this on Sunday, but our nation's culture may not go our way. But we need to know that none of those things have the power to stop the church of the living God from experiencing everything that God has promised us in this book. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church there will be a church it will be strong and it will do great exploits oh hallelujah oh hallelujah oh hallelujah I just feel like some apostolics just need to be reminded of the fact we're not of this world you hear me I said, we're not of the, we're in the world, but we're not of this world. We're a part of a different kingdom. Yeah, we got to pay taxes to this kingdom, <laughs> but we're not of this kingdom. We're going to obey the rulers of the land as, as much as we can until it starts uh, contradicting the word of the Lord. But that's the word of the Lord for us to obey the rulers of the land as much as we can, as long as it uh, again, isn't contrary to God's word. But at the end of the day, you and I, and I was talking to my kids about this the other day, you and I don't live in a democracy. Did you know this? You and I don't live in a democracy. We live in a theocracy. The kingdom of this earth is a democracy. The United States in which we live in is a democracy. But you and I are a part of a different kingdom, and that's a theocracy. Theo, meaning God is the ruler. <laughs> The one that rules and the one that reigns. Come on, somebody. I need you to understand. Yeah, we're going to be a part of this nation. And we're going to do what we got to do. And hopefully all of you voted and did what you were supposed to do as far as the civic duties and all of that kind of stuff matters. But what I'm trying to tell you is whichever way it goes and whatever happens, I'm trying to tell you we're a part of a church. We're a part of a higher kingdom. I said we're a part of a higher kingdom. And we've got a king whose name is Jesus and he rules over all. I said he rules over all and he reigns in spite of it all. And guess what? He's the king of all kings and he's the lord of all lords and he's the ruler of all rulers. And he will get his will done and his will be accomplished. I said it will be accomplished. What he says will happen is going to happen. And there's nobody that can stop it. Nobody. Nobody. Well, Pastor, you just don't understand. They're, they're strong. It's a big populace of people. It's a big wellspring of this, that, and the other. There's a lot of people that believe it. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. With his pinky. 
It don't matter. Don't matter. Get everybody you want together. Try to push whatever agenda you want to push. But guess what? God's will is going to be done. I say God's will is going to be done. And his words already promised. I, I got more, but I'm done. His words already promised it. You know what the promise is? Here's the promise. In that day that's dark, in that day that's wicked, in that way, that day of great confusion, there will be a church. <laughs> and it will be strong, Sister Ann. And they will do great exploits. Don't think for a minute that anything that happens, I, I don't know what's going to happen, be it today, tomorrow, four years from now, eight years from now, 12 years from now, I don't know. But don't think for a minute that anybody ever, 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 please, this isn't political tonight, but don't think anybody ever that gets in office, no matter what their political persuasion is, don't think any of them will ever be able to cause the church to go into hiding In order to and not be able to accomplish the will of God. Woo. Come on, I'm coming against a lie from the devil right now. I said, I'm coming against a lie from the devil right now. I said, I'm coming against a lie from the devil right now. The church is going to be strong. Woo. Guess what? That book was written a long time before old Columbus ever sailed over here. If, if he was the one that, well... That word was around a lot longer before the founding fathers. And the Bill of Rights and the U.S. Constitution and John Hancock. That book, Jesus, is the word. Woo. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, in the beginning, before there was anything, Sister Bobby, woo. Before there was anything, before there were governors, before there were presidents, before there was anything, before there were judges, before there were rulers, before there were rules, before there were nations and kingdoms and boundaries, before there were nations and people and creeds and colors, before there was anything, guess what? In the beginning, you know what, what was? The Word. The Word was. The Word was before it all. The Word was before every persuasion. The Word was before every political party. The word was before it all. Before any of it, there was the word. And guess what the word says? The word says in whatever day you live, there's going to be a church, and it's going to be strong, and it's going to do great exploits. Don't tell me God didn't know what was going to happen in the day and age in which we live in. Don't tell me God didn't, wasn't able to look ahead and see he's, he knows the end from the beginning. He sees it all. He knows it all. He sees every bit of confusion in every country across the world. He knows it all, but he still tells us that whatever country you live in, whatever nation you're a part of, no matter how dark it gets, in that nation there will be a church and it will be strong and it will do great exploits. And if you're a part of that church, I want you to stand to your feet and give the Lord a shout of praise right now. Ha <laughs> ha. 